It's Tuesday, July the 7th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, China's warnings to Britain and better economic news from Germany. First, the world in brief. The diplomatic rift between China and Britain widened. The Chinese ambassador accused Britain of gross interference in his country's internal affairs after it said it would offer up to three million Hong Kongers a path to British citizenship. Britain's offer followed China's imposition of a sweeping new national security law on Hong Kong. Liu Xiaoming also warned Britain not to reverse its commitment to allow Huawei, a Chinese tech giant, into the building of its 5G network. Ministers have been sounding increasingly sceptical about its involvement. Meanwhile, Google, Facebook and Twitter said they would stop sharing users' data with authorities in Hong Kong while they take stock of the legislation. Under the new law, they could be forced to remove anti-Chinese or pro-democracy posts and close accounts. Executives at firms that refuse to comply could face jail. Facebook said its users had a right to express themselves freely. At least 44 people have been killed after days of mudslides and flooding on the southwestern Japanese island of Kyushu. About 40,000 members of the country's self-defence force have been involved in rescue missions and 500,000 residents were told to evacuate. 14 people died when an old people's home was inundated. German manufacturing orders rose by 10.4% in May compared with the previous month. The increase in demand came as German states lifted strict coronavirus lockdowns and followed woeful figures for April, which saw the biggest drop since records began in 1991. The recovery will be gradual, however. Activity in May was still down by 29.3% compared with the same period a year ago. Harvard University said only 40% of its undergraduates will be allowed on campus for the autumn semester. Though most students can expect to spend some time at the university during the year, virtual learning will be pushed. Separately, America's immigration agency announced the withdrawal of student visas for courses that move entirely online. Affected students will lose their right of abode. Uber agreed to buy Postmates, a food delivery service that competes with Uber Eats in America for $2.65 billion. The deal will enable Uber to move beyond ferrying takeaways and into other areas of commerce, according to the company. Last month, Uber failed to buy Grubhub, another food delivery provider which was instead snaffled by Just Eat, a European rival. And Poland's president, Andrzej Duda, suggested changing the constitution to stop gay couples from adopting children. His appeal to socially conservative Poles comes ahead of the second round of the presidential election this weekend, in which Mr Duda is polling neck and neck with his more liberal opponent, Rafał Czaskowski. Last month, Mr Duda described LGBT ideology as worse than communism. And now, here's today's agenda. Just a phase, Sino-American trade. When President Donald Trump and Liu He, the Chinese vice premier, trumpeted a phase one trade deal in January, it included hundreds of billions of dollars worth of commitments from China to buy American goods.
However, traffic is less than half what it should be, assuming the exports would happen evenly throughout the year, according to Chad Bown of the Peterson Institute for International Economics, a think tank. Chinese importers have bought less than $1 billion of energy products compared with $25 billion promised over the year. Only $8 billion of a pledged $37 billion of agricultural purchases have materialized. China has been contending with a pandemic and imports could yet surge, but by the time the full figures become clear, Mr. Trump may no longer be in the White House. Perhaps China judges that a President Biden would care less about enforcing political sops to farmers. Despair in the Dark, Lebanon's Economic Crisis The cabinet may have to meet by candlelight. Lebanese ministers gather today to discuss fuel shortages that have plunged the country into darkness. Even in good times, the state cannot provide 24-hour electricity. But as Lebanon slides deeper into economic crisis, power cuts in Beirut reached 20 hours a day last week, up from their usual three. The main COVID-19 hospital has turned off some air conditioners and postponed surgeries. Dark streets add to a growing sense of despair. The currency has lost 80% of its value since October. Unemployment is above 30%. Even those with jobs struggle to feed families. Annual food inflation was 190% at the end of May. The army has stopped serving meat to soldiers to cut costs. Lebanon has asked for IMF help, but after 16 rounds of talks, the two sides are no nearer an agreement. The country's notoriously venal politicians are still fighting one another. Tarnished Prizes – China's University Exams 10 million school leavers today start taking the national college entrance exam known as the Gaokao. It is happening a month later than usual because of the pandemic. Scores on the test are the only metric most Chinese universities use when deciding who gets in. But many candidates' final year at school has been disrupted by the virus. Some will have to wear masks during the tests, and exam centres have set aside quarantine spaces for pupils who appear ill. Officials also promise renewed efforts to prevent cheating. Chinese are fuming over recent revelations that well-connected kids with poor scores have connived with teachers to steal university spots that should have gone to more studious peers. The damage the pandemic has done to China's economy will only make it more important to score well in the exam to secure a good job. It will also heighten the temptation to cheat. A hand from the glove, Malaysia's economy. Which company's shares rose by almost 243% in the first half of this year? Asked to guess, many people would name a pharmaceutical company or video conferencing firm. But the right answer is Top Glove, a manufacturer of surgical gloves in Malaysia. The country, which accounts for over half of the world's supply, is hoping a boom in glove exports will help shore up its economy. It is also hoping to capture manufacturing plants diversifying out of China as relations with America sour. But that will not prevent GDP shrinking sharply this year, nor has it prevented consumer prices falling by 2.9% in the year to May. The expectation then is that Bank Negara Malaysia, the central bank, will cut interest rates again today, complementing government efforts to subsidise wages, transfer cash to households and delay loan repayments. 
In the fight to save the economy, the gloves are off. On your bike, Holford's and the two-wheel boom. Most British retailers have suffered horribly during the pandemic lockdown. Bike shops are an exception. Branded an essential service by the government, they remained open. People quickly abandoned crowded, potentially dangerous trains and buses for the joys of cycling solo. The latest figures available show that in April, bike sales rose by 60% year-on-year and more than doubled at the cheaper end. Today, Holford's, the country's biggest bike retailer, reports preliminary annual results. It has 446 shops in Britain, as well as an auto parts business. Judging by its share price, which has climbed noticeably since March, investors are expecting it to have cashed in on the boom. However, even by mid-May, many retailers were struggling to source enough bikes, made mostly in China and Taiwan, to satisfy demand. Holford's should still report towards the top end of its profits forecast, but it has not all been plain peddling. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Robert Heinlein, who was born on this day in 1907. It takes all nations to keep the peace, but it only takes one to start a war. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 